Welcome to Ready Tomorrow, the podcast all about rock, metal and alternative music. I'm Kev P. And I'm Gem G. Each episode will bring you the latest news, talk about new releases and review gigs and festivals that we've been to. There'll be a smattering of guest interviews and a lot of random chat. As well as podcasts, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search at Ready Tomorrowcast. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Ready to Mosh. Hello. Hello. Apologies in advance if any of the audio sounds slightly out. Yeah. Just because this is the third day of recording for two episodes. Yeah, we've been a bit um, bit of a mix and match episode just because of how things have fallen. Obviously, the, the download announcement Yeah. that in real time was yesterday. But we'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah. Shall we move on to the news then? Yes. All right. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? You can start first. Okay. Well, if you start, you will be first. Pedant. <laughs> uh, okay, so the second download announcement came out Thursday, mm-hmm. and there was a live reaction special. That's episode 44 that you can go back and listen to. So go give it a listen if you haven't already. Here are our thoughts on the latest updates. Yeah, lineups, who's been added, pricing, all that kind of stuff. And just kind of on that, allegedly the camping tickets have sold out now. There's been no official word on that, but it's pretty impossible to find on Ticketmaster weekend camping Mm. tickets. Yeah, there's been a lot of people asking the question in the download group on Facebook, and I know the moderators are trying to find out at this point in time what's what's occurring. So obviously this may be resolved by the time that gets released. But I've also noticed in the download groups that there's a lot of people reselling. I've noticed in particular RIP, I don't know if they've paused the reselling of those and after the announcement they've kind of allowed them i'm not sure yeah so well it looks like the only way you can actually buy some of these resale tickets are actually through the link so people have got to put them in the groups yeah it's like it's individual to the ticket which i guess kind of makes sense in a way yeah and that's the only way you can get those so but yeah potentially it's sold out Mm. i've just got a couple of tour announcements because i think it's been apart from the download announcement relatively slow news week this week very slow yeah Mm. so first one is trivium have announced a tour i would say uk tour but it's mainly england with one date in scotland but much smaller venues than they have done i guess recently yeah so they're doing that august end of august through to start of september Supported by Bleed Within and Orbit Culture. So it's kind of academy-sized venues that are going around the usual kind of O2 Academy cities yeah. and Rock City and Nottingham. So I think tickets will be on sale for that already now. Mm. Is it too early to start saying there'll be at Download 24? I don't know. Well, I made a prediction in the Download reaction thing, yeah. didn't I? I can't remember who I said it'd be there. Probably Miles Kennedy. Um, I think it was. But yeah. In, probably, in some yeah. form with Slash. Yeah, that, that was, was it. it yeah. yeah. No, I don't think it's too soon. I think if they're not there this year, then it would make sense yeah. for them to be there. But yeah. And then the other one is another US tour announcement. This is Ghost supported by Amon Amarth, which is also end of August into early September. Interestingly, on this one, it's mainly kind of outdoor amphitheatre venues. But the final date in LA, or say the final date, the original final date, was a no phones allowed event. Yeah indicating that it's going to be some kind of filming or something special going on. But they've now added on a second date, both at mm. the LA Forum. So lots of rumours what might be happening to Papa at that one, but we'll have to wait a few months to find out. Mm. My next one, there is a new Shikari video out. It hurts. Yes, I've read about it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah. I mean, the song itself is very catchy, mm. but it seems like their direction's changing slightly again. 
and the movie more electronic. Is it similar to the, I can't remember what the name was, for the single that we reviewed, did a live reaction to a few weeks ago? Uh, even more electronic than that. Okay. Very, It's a very yeah. electronic mm. track. Catchy, but I think there's going to be a lot of people upset with kind of the way that they've evolved. Well, there was when The Spark came out, wasn't there? Yeah. So I, th- I think there could be more more to that as well. So the, the, while they're, they're going to gain fans and still keep fans, there will be some that will just go, no, that's it. We said it before, though, bands have to evolve, and they've been around almost 20 years now. You're not going to keep the same sound, are you? 2006, yeah. I think the first album was. Yeah. So, so yeah, they've been going. They've been going a long time. So, yeah. just have to see what uh, everybody's reaction is to that. Yeah, I'll go and give it a listen later. Then, my next one is that Derby Altfest's chosen by you date bands are now available to be voted for. So, the first day of Derby Altfest, which is the Wednesday, I want to say the 18th of October, is chosen by you. So. There is a massive list of bands that you can go and pick five from. If you go onto the Unearthed Music's Facebook page, there's a link on there. You can look through the list. I won't read it out because it is really big. But you can vote for five bands up until the 3rd of March. And then the winners will be announced on the 6th of March. So we'll have a full lineup that week mm-hmm. for the first day. Of is the that purely a fan poll? Yeah. Okay. A bit similar to the, um, actually, you know, the Stone Dead opening poll does have, it has it, the volunteers. Have the has, final yeah. So I think it is anyway. Yeah, I'll be having a look. I've had a look through already. I've seen a few I want to vote for, so I just need to refine my five. Yeah. My final piece is November Rain has surpassed 2 billion views. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. That's insane, yeah. I don't know why, because it's just drivel now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It is a classic cheesy old video, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I still, to this day, don't understand the purpose of diving through a wedding cake. I know. Is it Duff or Slash who's hiding under the table at one point? I can't uh, remember. It's not Slash. Yeah, I think it might be Duff then. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a masterpiece of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Last thing I was just going to mention there, not, well, it's been not news per se, but it's been a topic of discussion over the last week the price of merch which was triggered by a band we're going to see, Gajira. Yeah. Someone posted a photo of their merch prices, I think from their, I think it was Belfast was the first UK date. And yeah, it just all kicked off from there, really. So the prices, there was loads on there. Off the top of my head, it was £40 a t-shirt, £80 a hoodie, and then various other items ranging from, I believe, beanie hats to drumskins. Yeah, uh, patches. Yes, I think a patch well. was £10. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one because is Gajira stuff sustainable material? I believe so. Which is probably part of the enhanced pricing. Potentially. And then there was obviously the argument that playing in arenas, the bigger the venue, the more the band loses on merch because of the cut that the venue takes. Mm. And it's not a lot more than some other bands. I mean, people were posting in comparison other bands, and I think it was possibly Black Veil Brides. They toured recently, didn't they? I think their t-shirts were 35 but then someone said they went to see The Cure in December and t-shirts were only £20 mm. and hoodies were 40 But obviously The Cure have been around a long time and they've got a big back catalogue that they will be earning from, you would imagine, anyway. Yeah, you'd so, think so. Because they were commercially viable as well, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing on that for me is, you know, I am a, a, a sucker for buying merch mm. on tour. Yeah. And I think, I'm trying to think, so kind of like normal... Smaller venues, 
You're talking kind of like 20, 25 for a T-shirt? Yeah, possibly up Depending to on who the band is. Yeah. I can't think of many I've paid 30 for in small in small places like Rock City. I feel like um, Cradle of Filth 30 at Rock City, maybe. I don't mm, know. Yeah. Do you know what? They might have been. Mm. Yeah. Well, they are kind of like at the bigger end of that scale, yeah. though, aren't they, for venues. And especially Rescue Rooms, it's never any more than 25. No, I think my Wargasm one might have been 30, but that was a long-sleeved one, so you're obviously going to pay more for a, yeah. a long sleeve. I think one. My, the average for, like, I suppose for, to kind of put it into context for people, Rescue Rooms holds about, is it 600? 400. 400. So that holds 400. Ticket prices there for bands are usually 15 to 25. Could be slightly more, but generally about that. Rock City is, I can never remember the numbers for that. Is it 1,800? 2,000, I think. Yeah, so 2K, so that's kind of like academy size. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, so that is tickets, uh, T-shirts there are generally 20 to 30. Yeah. Usually, everyone's usually kind of like in the middle of that. And then the arena, uh, T-shirts usually 25, 30, I think. Yeah, I can't remember how much my Volbeat one. That was the most recent arena gig we've done. Yeah, I think that was... I bought you that one, didn't I? Yeah, it was my birthday. Yeah. I uh, think that might have been 30. And I think before that we did... I think it was Ghost in the arena. Yeah. And that was 30, I think. Yeah, they were 30. So, then, so this is kind of like an extra 10 on top, but... Yeah, obviously it's sustainable material, so potentially more expensive. Mm. And, you know, one of the things we've said before with various, obviously, changes in the UK, bands kind of playing anywhere, merch is always going to, because of import taxes. Yeah, and obviously the visas that bands have to pay for now if they're not UK Yeah, which they're never used to. Which aren't UK bands, so they're going to have to pay for that. And it is generally the only thing, really, that they make money off the merch, isn't it? Which we know, yeah. So. So yeah. I, I think that is going to be, you know, they're all factors in it. Yeah. And I don't think they're the only people charging that much. I'm sure, I think from other genres as well. I can't, someone posted, I think, Ed Sheeran's merch prices last year. Yeah. And I'm sure they were more than that, from what oh, I remember. Yeah. I just remember seeing it vaguely bandied about. So, but yeah, it's. I think it's just the way it's going to start going, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to get to a point where you're talking like 40 for a T-shirt at Arena or events yeah, now. Yeah, your, t- your T-shirt will cost you as much as your ticket, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty well. You say that, but Arena, I can't remember the last Arena ticket paid 40 quid for. I think Gajira's about 45. Is it? But we did buy it a while ago because it was postponed, so. Yeah, I, th- I think I anywhere think- now at Arena's, you're talking, I bet you're talking close to 60 now. I think with the fees slapped the, in especially. With the fees on, yeah. Yeah, and even the ridiculous thing that they do now where you have to pay extra for an aisle seat. What's that about? Yeah, that and uh, you'll have to pay extra an extra pound or something if you want to print it yourself. Yeah. Or not even print it yourself. Just have you just downloaded have it, a ticket, ticket on your... Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a tangent we didn't expect to go down yeah. at the end of the news. Slightly but, extended, yeah. but yeah. There you go. More of a rant than a news item. Well, not even a rant, a, a debate. Yeah. I think that's it then from the news. Review time now, and this week we are reviewing the 14th studio album from In Flames, Foregone. I didn't realise they'd done that many. They have done that many. They've been around about 30 years. Yeah, I don't see them as being a 30-year-old band. They're nearly as old as us. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I first saw them, like, 20 years ago, in my head then, they were relatively new, but they were already, like, about six albums deep, I think, then. (laughs) 
Right, shall we get on with it? Yeah, let's come on then. Crack on. Okay, so we begin with the beginning of all things that will end. Yeah. Which is a two minute instrumental intro. Yeah, like a medieval loop just being played. Yeah. It reminded me of a you know like Metallica did for was it Unforgiven? Yeah, or Unforgiven Two. Or Unforgiven or... Two. I can't remember. Yeah, but, I know that what you But you mean. know what I mean, it was that Yeah. It's kind of guitars on this uh, some strings in there, I think. Yeah. I quite like it as an intro. It's a bit weird in comparison. Well, it's a bit of a contrast. It's a contrast. And I've seen a couple of reviews that really slated it as an opener, saying, what's this got to do with the rest of the album? But I, I quite like I it. it. I think it it's a nice piece of music. Right, yeah. Two but, minutes of nice music is what I've wrote down yeah. as my thoughts of it. So. Yeah, I've got no problems with the opening. Mm. Also, I just wondered, looking at the title, The Beginning of All Things That Will End, are they hinting this is their last album? I don't know. I've not even considered that. Yeah, I mean, I've not heard any rumours or anything to suggest that it is. I just thought, oh, am I reading too much into it, maybe? Or Yeah. I don't know. Track two, then, State of Slow Decay. Actually, I should just mention at this point that I think five of these tracks were on the Meet Your Maker EP that was released in January. So yeah, so they've remastered some, mm, and just put them on Yeah, place. so some of them I was more familiar with anyway, but I just, I'm just not quite sure what the point of that was. <laughs> Really, to do an yeah. EP of half the album so soon before the album, it was just a bit... Hmm, when... Yeah, it's a strange choice. Anyway, yeah, so the, the State of Slow Decay is one of those tracks that is on the EP. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like this one. Really heavy vocals in this mm. great chorus. I think this works really well. Yeah, I think it's a really good it's kind of proper opener, if, if you yeah. will. First full song. And it works well from from like that intro, from that intro into this. Mm. It just blends seamlessly, so... Yeah, it does. I don't see what the issue was. I don't see what people no. have the issue with. But, yeah, really good, heavy, thrashy, yeah. Like you say, loud vocals and that chorus as well. I really like that. Yeah, really cool. Mm. Meet Your Maker is the next one, which is a quicker track, but with a slow chorus in it. Yeah, I think it's possibly one of the heaviest on the album. Do you think? Yeah. I thought there was a few heavier later down yeah, the line. okay. But... One of my favourites as well. Yeah, I've got I've got Dan as mm. one of my favourites. Um, yeah, the drums in this are insane. Yeah, and really cool guitar solos mm. too. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this one. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really fast and riffy, like you say, and then it slows down in the chorus. That's really melodic and sing sing alongy. Yeah, um, reminded me a little bit of Parkway actually on the chorus. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, uh, the next track, Bleeding Out. This is my favourite. This is my favourite oh, as well. Yeah. Are we gonna, what were we going to say about ones that we didn't we, like? Or No, I think we both had a favourite, but we weren't going to tell each other yeah, which this it was. Yeah, this was mine. Yeah, this is my, yeah. This and the previous one, the two that I've kind of highlighted as favourites. Yeah, but I think this I'm is. the same, is exactly the mm, same. This one is a, it's right earworm, in it? Gets yeah. stuck in your head. There's some interesting electronic mm. use in this one as well. Yeah. And I think they've been criticised for that as well. Oh, really? I've not noticed that. Yeah, I've seen a few people complaining mm. about the... Uh, it's not even as if it's heavy electronic use through yeah. it. It's very subtle. So I don't mm. know what... You can't please everybody, but... No. Yeah, th- this is my favourite one. Mm. Yeah, I just love that big... It's like a sing-along anthem-like arena-filling yeah. chorus, isn't it? I thought the beginning as well, the intro, um, was a bit... <laughs> technical term here. Vikingy. Viking. Reminded me a bit of a monomar, okay. that kind of yeah, yeah, the guitars in it and just the rhythm of it. I mm. can just see me sat there in my rowing boat, <laughs> singing it. <laughs> Not a long boat, just a, a rowing boat. Oh, well, my Viking ship. <laughs> okay. Next up, it's kind of a double, isn't it? It's foregone port. Por- 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 
Paul Paul. What's Paul Paul got to do with this? He's a fan too. Foregone part one and then foregone part two. Yeah. Uh, the pickup in this is insane. It, mm. it's so, this is a really fast track. And the guitar solos are just perfect in this. Mm. And the, for me, this is one I I was kind of picturing watching this at download. Yeah. It's, it's just that, you know, kind of like main stage or second stage when there's just certain yeah. parts of it just blast out and mm. you go, yeah. This, this and this is where it needs to be. Yeah, fingers crossed that they're on the next announcement, which we will have had after we're recording this. So by the yeah. time this goes out, we'll know. We, we should, yeah, we should probably put that yeah. into context. So this yeah. is we're recording this on the Wednesday, where we'd normally record on a Thursday, but because of the download announcement this Thursday, we're recording this on the Wednesday, and then doing an immediate reaction to the download on the Thursday. So both bits will already be out. Yes, they will. But yes, we are hoping that Dreams <laughs> will be on said announcement. Yeah. Yeah, I really like part one in that it's kind of faster, thrashy, almost old school, I would say, in yeah. Flames. And it's kind of part one and part two for me contrast. Like part one is like an old in Flames style. Part two is more new. a new style in Flames, a bit slower. Mm. And I love the contrast in the vocals on part two as well. Like mm. you've got the really gnarly vocals and then the clean vocals contrasting. I really yeah, like that. Yeah, there's a lot of that going There's a lot that going off through this. Yeah, in quite a few of the songs actually, but I think it really works well in that foregone part two. Yeah, in foregone part two, it's an interesting build up to the chorus and the mm. chorus just sticks in your head. And I think this is, I mean, if this isn't a single, I'm sure it will be at some point. Mm. It is one that was on the EP. Oh, is it one that was on the yeah. EP? Yeah, so it's probably going to be a single then. Yeah, it, it just, again, it's a good follow-on uh, mm. from the previous track. Track seven is Pure Light of Mind. Yeah, slower. Another festival kind of track for me. Yeah, I felt that as well. It's quite, again, kind of anthemic and um, with the slower chorus, almost ballady. Yeah, as well. I, I thought very Guns N' Roses guitar solos too. Yeah, I actually thought <laughs> a bit of a maidenish opening to it. Okay, so we're not a million miles away yeah, from Yeah, that really. kind of era of music, I guess, we're arcing back to. Mellow deathy. Yeah. And I really like, again, the vocals in this, they're pretty much clean all the way through, aren't they? Which made me think kind of like more guns and, you know, kind of like from that sort of period. Mm, yeah. Uh, next track, The Great Deceiver. I just wanted to say as well, track seven is probably my least favourite track on the album. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I've seen, yeah, a couple of other comments like that, but I, I think because it is a, that kind mm. of slower, it's cleaner, just it's different, isn't it? It's but not I, quite, yeah, I yeah. do like it. Yeah, so back to The Great Deceiver. This is a lot faster, mm. really quick track, but it doesn't really do it for me. Okay. I'm not a huge fan yeah. of this one, no. I quite like it. It's kind of. It's all right. I don't dislike it. It's not one of my favourites. It's, like you say, faster. I got hyperactive almost with mm. the speed of the guitars going through it. And really, it's kind of aggressive but melodic at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. It, there was something about it. just didn't, I don't know, it just mm. didn't work. Yeah. And then the next track, In the Dark, it was a slower kind of horror type feel, which I really enjoyed mm. at the start. But then it kind of goes to a chorus. It just seems out of place. Yeah. It, I thought it went kind of power metal-y. And they've got a bit of like an acoustic breakdown yeah. in it as well. So there's almost a few different styles in, but they're it, not quite blending. Yeah, it, it just doesn't yeah. meld very well. Yeah, you've kind of got bits of death metal, bits of acoustic, bits of power metal in it. It's a mishmash of different yeah. styles, yeah. Just, it, again, it's it's an all right one. It's not, I don't dislike it, but again, not a favourite. It's listenable. Uh, next track, In the Dark. That was In the oh, Dark. Oh no, that was In the Dark. <laughs> The, di- the, the dialogue in B flat minor. 
Which is a very interesting title. Yeah. Possibly another anthem kind of festival sort of track. Yeah, it's got that melodic chorus going through it. I'm not so sure on this one. No, it seems a little bit lost in comparison to a lot of the other stuff on the album. Yeah, this one and the next one, to be honest. Uh, Yes, Um, what's the next one? Sinoshore. Yeah. Well, I thought this one. Sinoshore. Are you on? Are you still on the... No, no, no. So I've I've moved on to track 11. Did, Did you like this one? Not particularly. It's, again, it, it might grow on me. But... Oh, okay. I thought you'd really like that. I thought this would be your favourite. Oh, okay. Because uh, it sounded like Ghost to me. Do you think? Yeah. No, I didn't get any Ghost vibes from it. I, I like the bass line going through it and kind of the different the, layering on it. Yeah, and... so the bass line reminded me of Tool. It was very Tool-esque. And mm. it, the, because the vocals weren't didn't growl as much, it kind of worked better. And... I did like this, but yeah, I thought you'd think this sounded like Ghost. I didn't get that from it before, but now you've said it, I'll go back and listen back and, and listen, see yeah. if you may get a future gem pop up. So there's one for you to investigate. Yeah, report back. Um, but yeah, overall, I felt on this track and track 10, I just thought that they were almost a bit filler. Yeah. Really, okay. definitely probably the weakest two for me, I would say. Yeah, track 10 wasn't great, but 11 was all right. Mm. I enjoyed the I enjoyed like the bass line through it. Yeah. So. I think they're all right, but they're not compared to the earlier ones. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Kind of like what I'm going to say in my summary of it. Oh, I think mine might be the same then. <laughs> On to the last track, End the Transmission. This reminded me of something, and I wrote, reminds me of question mark. You do that a lot. <laughs> I know. I was hoping by the time we got here that I'd think what it you was, or you might it, yeah. have wrote down, this reminds me of... Mm, no, I, I, I just wrote that it's very catchy, mm. and it's a good way to finish the album. Yeah, I thought it was a good end. Some really cool riffs going through this one. and a, Yeah. Yeah. But what does it remind me of? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you think of the album then? Overall, I think it's good. I think it's definitely a more consistent album that Inflames have done of recent. Mm. Particularly the last couple, I think, have been a bit skippable. Yeah. But front heavy, top heavy. The first half, <laughs> the first half is definitely better than the second half. I think. Yeah, I, I, it is an album um, two halves for me. The, the first mm. sort of four or five tracks are really, really good. Yeah, and I can see why they picked out the ones that they did for the EP that go. They don't go beyond track eight with that. That yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. So other than so, maybe like one track in the second half of the album, I think the, the first four or five are amazing. Yeah. But then there's it. It's just it seems to slump and then. Yeah, I think about up to eight for me, and then it's yeah. kind of got a bit of a lull, and then it ends well. Mm. So out of ten? Out of ten, um, seven and three quarters. <laughs> Can I do <laughs> that? I feel seven and a half is too low, but I'm not sure it's quite an eight because of those couple of filler tracks. <laughs> yeah, because of, because of the things that seem out of place now, I'm going to say seven. Fair enough. We should have a like a league table for this. We should actually. I don't know why we haven't. We'll do it. An opportunity for a spreadsheet. We've yeah. not jumped on it. I know. Yeah, and we could have a like a, a top ten, and it will probably help. Um, it will help inform our end of year review. <laughs> it would, yeah. Actually, yeah, the top to, or te- top ten yeah. albums of the year. Yeah, because obviously last year's top end of the year when we only started in May, didn't we? So some of the albums we featured in our top ten, we didn't even review on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we should do. Let's that. do that. I'll leave it with you. Right, time for the main, and it's bits on the side. Mm. So we've we've wrote a few notes about some 
either members of bands or multiple members of bands who perhaps have had other side projects. Basically, just just going to talk about a few of those. Yeah, and I guess with a lot of the mains that we do, this may reappear in the future and we remember other ones or yeah. come across other oh, ones. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot I've not included mm. just because we've, we've spoken about them quite recently. So yeah. I've, not, I've not kind of put in Pucifier, I've not put in A Perfect Circle because we did mention those quite recently. So I, I thought I'd look at a few others. Mm. And new ones always pop up as well, don't yeah, they? they do, yeah, yeah. There's always collaborations on stuff. So yeah, and I think as well, one thing you notice with some of these, not necessarily the ones that I've covered myself, but often bits on the side are like supergroups, aren't they? As yes. well, and they're always popping up and exactly, people are yeah. chumming up and making new music. Do you want to uh, go first with yours? Can do. I've I've kind of got four, but the first one is one person who's two, got two bits who's on the two. side. Okay. So we are talking about the god of the bass guitar, that is Nikki Six. I wouldn't say God of the bass guitar. I think there are other bassists that are just as good, if not better. Did you tell him that? Yeah, because I'd stand behind Chris Novoselic. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Novoselic is a lot yeah. bigger. What about what? Four inches? Oh, four inches can mean a lot. Wow. <laughs> Moving on. So anyway, first one then is Brides of Destruction. Yeah, I'd forgot about Brides of Destruction. I hadn't. Obviously. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so this was, I think they formed around 2002 when Motley Crue were on a break. Another hiatus. Another hiatus and all of that. So um, Nikki teamed up with Tracy Guns and I think someone else from LA Guns. And they got London Legrand on vocals, who apparently was a hairdresser. Oh. Random. Didn't realise that myself. No. Yeah. There you go. And released their first album, here Come the Brides in 2004, mm. and I saw them at Download in 2004. I didn't. What, where were they playing? Were they they were the playing second... in the tent, second stage tent, yeah. on the Sunday. Oh, yeah, because I was there on Sunday, but I, yeah. I didn't go and watch them. I don't know, they must have clashed with somebody else. Yeah, I was so excited. You know, like when we first saw actual Slash, which yeah. we saw before Guns N' Roses had reformed, obviously, it was like actual Nikki Six, an actual Motley Crue person there. Very exciting, because at that point, no idea yeah, that... you'd not seen Crue. And... Well, no, and at that point, no idea that they would get back together. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Money young and naive and thinking, oh, band split, they'll never get back together. <laughs> yeah. Like we did with Guns N' Roses, it was like, wow, actual Nikki Six on stage. I remember being very squished towards the front, because it was, yeah. Yeah, I imagine it was heaving in that time. It was. So yeah, that, that was an experience. And a really cool album as well. My kind of thrashy, sleazy, sleazy, fuck your words. Good guy, good guy. Yeah, sleazy, trashy, rock and roll. Yeah, I was never a massive fan. It's not. It wasn't really my thing. Uh, yeah. Especially at that time, I was listening yeah. to other stuff. I was definitely listening to just, I think, nothing yeah. but new metal. So. You're well in your baggy jeans face still, were oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I've still got the CD, actually, on that one. Yeah. Um, they did release another album, and they kind of almost disbanded and various people left like Nicky left for the Motley Crue reunion in 2005 mm. he got replaced by Scott Sorry who was in Amen oh I know and at one point Ginger Wildheart was brought in for a bit on guitar but then he left because he got like Wildhearts and other stuff going on so he yeah. said you know I can't do this and that so fair enough so they did release a second album which I wasn't as fond of probably because Nicky Six wasn't on it although I think he got writing credits on it but he wasn't with the band at that point it, yeah. so yeah I can't really comment on the second album hmm. much I'll probably listen to it but and then they pretty much disbanded I think about 2006 yeah that's that was, that, that was the end of that <laughs> A short-lived okay. one, I guess. 
And then obviously Nikki then went on a couple of years later to form 6am alongside Motley Crue. Yeah. So actually on the side yeah, of Yeah, 6am I'm definitely more familiar mm. with. Yeah, so that was with DJ Ashbar and James Michael, hence the AM. Yeah. I think it was before DJ Ashbar was in Guns N' Roses. Mm. Kind of that between time between Beautiful Creatures and Guns N' Roses. So again... Was that for the... During the Chinese democracy, that kind of build up, yeah, that lasted and forever and the ever. dates that they actually did perform and all yeah. that, yeah. So yeah, the first album they did was Heroin Diaries, which was the yeah. soundtrack to Nikki's book. Yeah, so it's obviously quite bleak. <laughs> yeah, it, very bleak. It's yeah, really, it's good. Yeah, it's good, but yeah, bleak. And obviously, you've got the spoken word tracks on there, where he's reading from the book and everything. And I think initially it was probably going to just be a one-off thing, but then they kind of carried on. Yeah, and Nikki released his photography book. Which was I think twenty eleven. So again, they did a concept album to go alongside that. Yeah, they did actually tour before then. They did Crew Fest. So Nikki was basically doing both bands in mm. one night. So that would have been cool on the two thousand eight tour, but they only did the USA. So and Papa Roach were involved there too. Oh, so okay, that would have been a show, wouldn't it? But yeah, they did. This is going to hurt in twenty eleven. I think they did about another three albums after that. Oh, they they actually did more than I thought. Mm, yeah, so he was still kind of dipping into it alongside the various crew tours. They had Modern Vintage in 2014, and then they did Prayers for the Damned and Prayers for the Blessed, both in 2016. There's like a volume one and volume two, but they've kind of, they're on hiatus now, obviously with the Motley Crue big massive yeah, Goodbye World the Tour. They released tour. a Greatest Hits album in 2021. Yeah. They've kind of left it there, so who knows whether they'll come back again once the Motley Crue tour in ends. If it does ever end. Yeah, so I think there's potential there because I feel like Nicky Six is one of those people that's always going to be making music in some form of band, mm. isn't he? And obviously, as a bass player, he's not a vocalist. He always gets all the vocalists in. So I think yeah, he's always going to be around can, about doing he, something. Yeah, he's big enough to do his own thing but make things interchangeable. Mm. Yeah, so I think he's one of those that he'll be playing kind of in some form of band forever now, I think. Yeah, probably. It's not a bad thing. All right. Yeah, so the first one I've gone for is actually still an active band. Mm. There's been no dis- uh, disbandment, and that's How to Destroy Angels. I've heard of them. Oh, you know it. I do. Is it someone from Blink? No. no. I'm thinking of someone else, aren't I? Yeah. Tell me more. You think of Angels and Airwaves? Yes. <laughs> I need <laughs> yeah. for Angels involved. <laughs> but you have listened to How to Destroy Angels a lot as well. Have I? Yeah. So it was the side project which had... Mary Queen Mandig on vocals, uh, Rob Sheridan, Atticus Ross, and who always works with Atticus Ross? Is it Mr. Reznor? It is Mr. Reznor. <laughs> yeah, and Mary Queen Mandig is Reznor's wife. Oh, okay. I didn't that. Did you not know that? If I did know it, I'd oh, forgotten. Okay. Yeah, so they are technically classed as still active, but they've not done anything since mm. 2013, so it's been 10 years. And they only did one, uh, sorry, two EPs and. An album, I think, or mm. one EP and an album. And the first EP was How to Destroy Angels, and that was just amazing because there'd been this big stop of nail stuff, and Reznor basically said, oh, "I'm not doing any more. That's it. Nails is over." And then from nowhere, this came out, and it was it was so cool, and it was good to kind of, although it wasn't nails, it because you could you knew it was Reznor, mm. and you, it just sat because it's Reznor and Ross. It just it sounded like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I think you find that with some side products, don't you? Even though they're quite far removed from the original band, you can just tell sometimes you certain people have away. their sound and their, the way of doing things. Well, yeah, it's like the the Blink stuff that got done. As soon 
as you heard the vocals, it's like, yeah, I know that voice. Yeah, I say particularly with vocalists as well. Yeah. So, so I don't think Reznor did any vocals on mm. this, but it was it was the keyboard. Yeah. And that it was that very nin sound going through it. And yeah, I was a big fan of this, and I think the first one was available as a free download as well, which everybody was kind of a bit, oh, should we, you know, should we have things out for free? And you know, it was yeah. very early days of that kind of thing. So, but yeah, it was amazing, and it's a shame they never really did more after that. Mm. My next one, I have to confess, I'd kind of forgotten about them until I was just looking up. Or just going, kind of going through my Spotify, I guess, looking at different bits and bobs for this. And it's Black Audio, Black being B-L-A-Q-K Audio. And this is a side project of Davy and Jade from AFI. Oh, right. Okay. And I bought the first album on CD yeah. and absolutely loved it. And then, I don't know, I just seemed to, I think I might have listened to the second one, but they just kind of really fell off my radar. And I've realised now, a few days ago, they're on the sixth album. Oh, so they're still knocking they're stuff still out. They're still knocking stuff out, yeah. And obviously, AFI... We thought, well, then they ever officially split up, but they kind of stopped touring, didn't they, for a while? Yeah. And so I'd, I just assumed they weren't doing this, but um, this is basically the two of them doing electronic stuff. Yeah. Um, it's quite gothy, dancey, new wave, kind of a bit eight tears, that kind of mm. stuff. I think you'd probably quite like the first album. I listened to a few bits of the more recent stuff. Some of it seems a bit lighter, but it's really cool. It is like basically electronics and then David's vocals on it. Yeah, because I'm not a big AFI fan. There's no. a handful of tracks I like. So if this is a bit different to normal AFI, then I, I might enjoy it more. Oh, yeah, it's definitely different to AFI. It's yeah. Like I say, it's kind of electronic goth dance. Um, there's some bits, kind of a bit Depeche mode Yeah. There's hints of probably nails in there at times. I'm trying to think who else could be there. Just that 80s goth new wave sound. Yeah. In particular, actually, I think the first album... Sex Cells, which is spelled C-X like the shop. Yeah. 2007, that was out. Um, Stiff Kittens was okay. the main single off that. So I definitely recommend giving that a listen. But yeah, you've got kind of the electronics, the synths, the beats going on, and then kind of the dark kind of, I don't want to say, not emo but you know, like the deep vocals David yeah. got on the later AFI stuff, because obviously he was quite high-pitched high when AFI first started, mm. quite shrieky. <laughs> yeah. I really like it, so I'm going to go back and listen to some of their more recent stuff. Most recent one was actually out last year, Trop Damour. Right. Give them a listen, I would say, if you want something different to listen to. Uh, my next one is a bit of a... It is a side project, but it's not a side project. Hmm. And it kind of led to the formation of other bands. Okay. So it's Temple of the Dog. Heard of that. Yeah, because we spoke about this, I mean, it's a while ago now. But we did speak about this once. Um, it was, it, I mean, it was pretty much a real kind of supergroup. So it got Mike McCready, Stone Gossard uh, from Pearl Jam. Mm. It had got Matt Cameron, who was in Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Eddie Vedder, of course. Jeff from Pearl Jam. Can't mentioned that. Jeff, amen. Yep. <laughs> and Chris Cornell. Okay, it's so very grungy. A very at the time. yeah, but yeah. It, but it's before Pearl Jam, so <laughs> this is sounding familiar now. You're yeah. saying it, and it's like I mean for me, it's like an incredible supergroup, uh, and it's kind of a bit on the side. And it, it basically it started because Chris Cornell was a roommate at one time with Andrew Wood, who was the lead singer of Mother of Bone. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and 
Andrew Wood died of an overdose and Chris Cornell, obviously he was very close to Chris Cornell. And Chris Cornell just wrote a couple of songs but didn't really know what to do. And So he spoke to Stone and Jeff about this and they all kind of got together. And yeah, it was an incredible album. Hunger Strike was a huge single off it. And it's really, really good. So anybody should just listen to that. It's, it's amazing. And apparently Chris Cornell was struggling with vocals. There were certain ranges that... Or it was either ranges or whatever was happening he was really struggling with. So Eddie Vedder actually helped him out on the vocals. And that was the first time Eddie Vedder was recorded. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, recorded on anything kind of of that, you know, mm. sort of like professionally. And obviously, you know, you look at Eddie Vedder's career now. And, yeah. But yeah, but that's how it started. So it's kind of like from out of something quite sad, mm. you know, you then you've then got this, you've got this uh, kind of supergroup, Temple of the Dog. You've got Pearl Jam. You've got Soundgarden. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a little bit crazy. So yeah, so check out Temple of the Dog, and you'll love it. Right, my last one then is a more recent discovery for me. What? No, I was wondering why you got last one. It's because you did two. In I a did row. two in a row. Yeah. So yeah. And that is Me and That Man, which is a side project of Nurgle, off of Behemoth. Yeah. Now, I've listened to some of this, mm. and some of it's really, really good. I know. I don't know how I didn't come across it sooner, but I think I only came across it last year. Yeah. I, was it when we were on holiday? I was playing at you on holiday, yeah, yeah, but I was listening to it, I don't know, most of last year, I think. But it was, mm. yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Yeah. Anyway, he, um, he teamed up with a singer-songwriter called John Porter, did the first album, Songs of Love and Death, in 2017. Very different to Behemoth, the overall vibe. It's very... Yeah, it's, um, you couldn't get any far removed, could you? <laughs> country, bluesy, folky. Yeah. There's kind of hints of Nick Cave, you said in particular, which yeah, definitely did, yeah. is in there. And I think um, Tom Waits as well. There's yeah. a lot of those vibes coming through. Pretty much did just those two on the first album. My Church is Black is an amazing song off that one. Yes. Love yeah. that song. And then I think it became almost something for him to do during lockdown because the next two albums are 2020 and then 2021. So 2020 did New Man, New Song, Same Shit, Volume 1. And for this and Volume 2, he then got in a lot of guests on the album. So I think most tracks have got other guest musicians on there. Yeah. Does he do the vocals on the second one then? Or does he get the guest musicians? It's a combination on Volume 1 and Volume 2. Oh, right. So I say pretty much every track has got a guest on. I think... There might be a couple on Volume 1 that haven't, but I'm pretty sure Volume 2. And some songs have got more than one guest on, so I'm not going to read the whole list out because there's loads of them. Yeah. And some I've never heard of as well. So, mm. But notable ones from Volume 1 include Corey Taylor, because what has okay. he not got his fingers in? Well, you'll, you, you'll see <laughs> later on. Yeah, Matt Heafy, Brent Hines and Rob Caggiano. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then on volume two, guests include Devin Townsend, mm-hmm. Alyssa Glues White, Blaze Bailey, Michael Graves, and Mary Gore. Oh, quite a collection. All sorts of random people from the fields of rock, metal, etc. But yeah, I mean, it's all pretty much the same kind of style of songs. But yeah, it's just really cool to listen to, something different. I think I read somewhere that Nurgle started it just as a way to get kind of songs out and feelings out and music out there that just didn't fit into Behemoth because obviously it's, it's a, a very, very different t- thing. Yeah, yeah. 
very specific kind of then, music then and vocals yeah. that go with the music of Behemoth, etc. Yeah. Whereas this is very different, but very It's almost like his mellowed out version. It is. It's sort of stuff like you can, a yin-yang thing going on. Yeah. There. Sort of stuff you can just listen to, have it on in the background and... Preferably in a hot tub in Spain. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's ideal. But yeah, absolutely recommend if you've not given that a listen, go and check it out. Well, my, I'm going to quickly just blast through my next one because uh, I'm sure everybody knows who they are, but it's Prophets of Rage. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, again, another super group that yeah. was kind of like a side project. Now, sadly disbanded. It had Tom Morello, I think Tim Comerford was in it. It had Brad, Public Enemy. It had DJ Lord. Chuck D and Be Real from Cypress Hill. Mm. So it's kind of like a really, really big kind of super group. And they only did one EP and one album. But they also gave me, I think, oh my God moment at download. And that was 2017, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was not long after the death of Chris Cornell. And they, I think it was, I think it was Be Real, basically took the mic, uh, put it on its stand put it in the centre of the stage, and they played like a stone. Mm. And it was just one of the most beautiful moments mm. I've ever seen. It was a moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Just apps. Still to this day, yeah. think about it, I'm like, wow. I'm visualising it in my head now. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. was just a beautiful thing to do, and I think everybody appreciated it. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely go listen to Professor Rage, because that was a, absolutely, the album was stonking. It was a mm. oh, cracking album. Uh, and then my last one is the Sound City Players. Don't know them, do I? Well, you'll know all of the members, oh, okay. uh, and you've definitely seen one of the singles. On singles, yeah, you've heard and probably watched a video for one of the singles. Oh, so it went live, seen them. Yeah, okay. you've seen, you've definitely seen some of the mm. members live as well. Yeah, so Sound City Players was something that Dave Grohl put together. Oh, is for that... the soundtrack to Sound City Real to Real? Is that that track that's about six minutes long? Seven minutes fifty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> called Mantra. That's the one. Yes, I yeah, know it. <laughs> yeah, and it is. I mean, I, I think it's one of the greatest pieces of music ever written. It's a good one. I absolutely love it. And I know eight minute, nearly eight minutes is a long time, but it doesn't feel eight minutes. No, it you doesn't. You just totally yeah. get absorbed by it. And, yeah, on that particular one, it was Dave Grohl on drums, Josh Hom on bass, Trent Reznor on keyboard. And I think they were all singing vocals in it at different stages. And, it's yeah, it's one of the greatest songs, I think, for me, and that kind of music has ever been made. It's just, it's just insanely well done. And, you know, you've got three of the best musicians in the world just mm. putting this together. And, yeah, so I think it's only been one album that they did just to support that documentary. But, yeah, how you were talking about people, you know, names on a thing. So not only have you got Josh on, Dave Grohl, Trent Reznor, you've got Tim Comerford, Jesse Green, Taylor Hawkins... You've got Rami Jaffe, uh, I think I pronounced that right, Stevie Nicks, Chris Novoselic, Pat Smear, your favourite, Corey Taylor. I was going to say, <laughs> I think I know appearance. where this is going. Yeah. Paul McCartney. Really? Yeah. Random. It's got so many people, I'm, you know, I've not even gone through half of the list there. And even down to kind of like the technical stuff, because the producer for it is Butch Vig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who produced uh, Nevermind. Amongst in, many others, yeah. Yeah, amongst many others and was in garbage. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a top 20 in the UK. Wow. Yeah, and it is, again, I think out of all of the things we've said, I think this is the one, above everything I've said before, the, go listen to Mantra. It's yes, incredible. it is a good song. Yeah. 
Okay, is that all of you then? Cool. Yep, that's me all caught up for the bits on the side. One thing I did actually just forget to mention when I was on about me and that man is that they are still doing stuff now, although Behemoth are touring. They've got some tour dates coming up in, I think it's April. They're doing a few dates. And I know they did some last year, so hopefully. I don't know if they'd be added on to any at the same time as Behemoth, but hmm. yeah, one to look out for. Because obviously there's quite a mix with the ones that we've talked about that are still active and aren't. and Yeah. Or were one-offs, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, would definitely like to see all that live. How it would work with the um, getting all the guests on it. Yeah, that was. I'm assuming Nogal just does all the vocals. Yeah, I would would assume. Unless there's the odd guest in town as well, but um, yeah, that would be quite cool. There's a double kind of double header. Yeah. Recommendation time now, and this week it is Cottonmouth. Yeah, they are a four-piece from Nottingham, so always the best place. Absolutely. And they are a kind of a classic metal band with, I suppose, sort of like a grunge hard rock element to it. If you like things like Metallica, Maiden, you'll really get on board with this. Yes, definitely. So they've got a few pieces out on Spotify. Uh, The last two singles were Waiting Gold and Monolith. So go give those a listen. Live-wise, they've got a couple of dates coming up in March. So the first one, they are supporting these Wicked Rivers at the Bodega in Nottingham on the 5th of March. That is already sold out. So if you've already got tickets for that one, then make sure you get down there early and give Cottonmouth a watch. Yep. And then on the 25th of March, they are playing Mind Over Metal at the Old Salutation in Nottingham, which is pretty much a full day event. I think there's about seven bands playing that day. And that is a charity event supporting Andy's Man Club and Mind. So another one worth checking out if you're around Nottingham on that date. And I'm sure they'll have other dates coming up. So yeah, just keep an eye on them and social media, etc. and see where they're going to be playing beyond that. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. Thank you as always for listening. Do go and give us a like, share and a follow on our social media platforms. If you're not already doing so, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ReadyToMoshCast and Facebook, TikTok and YouTube at ReadyToMosh. And we'll be back again next week with episode 46. Yeah. So we'll see you then. Make a fit stop, Moogs.